0: Hello, and welcome back to the Sir Robert McAlpine Beyond 1% podcast. This is our part two episode with sustainability managers, Emmy, Louise and James. Please check out part one of our conversation if you haven't already. We are glad to be continuing this podcast series as a regular addition to our media channels. Whilst we are keeping the same name, we are expanding our topics of discussion to include a range of themes and issues relevant to the construction industry. We will still be championing women in construction, as well as other key topics like this one today, focusing on sustainability. Today's conversation is in conjunction with World Environment Day. World Environment Day is June 5th and a key global event to allow us to pause and think about the world we live in and how we can all be better stewards for the planet. The messaging from the World Environment Day website is as follows. Reimagine, recreate, restore. This is our moment we cannot turn back time but we can grow trees green our cities rewild our gardens change our diets and clean up rivers and coasts we are the generation that can make peace with nature let's get active not anxious let's be bold not timid with that in mind part two of our conversation with Emmy, louise and james covers what world environment day means to them thoughts on the future of sustainability and advice for those wishing to do more. I'm grateful for their willingness to be so honest and I trust that you'll enjoy part two of this conversation with Emmy, Louise and James. World Environment Day, sustainability, I guess, I'll do it as a two-part question, So sort of what does World Environment Day mean to you and what does sustainability mean to you? And this is as broad and as you want it to be. So we'll start with you, Louise.
1: Um, I'd say it's a day kind of like dedicated to encouraging people to like do more to like protect the environment but also kind of like spreading awareness of like current issues like global warming is such like a big thing at the moment and going into the future and like making more people aware like the impact that's going to have so like for example if we look at like the ice caps melting and the effect that's having like on the polar bears or you know just waste like when you're on the beach just dumping your like waste everywhere so when all the plastics are getting into the oceans that's affecting the marine like all the marine life that's there at the moment so it's just kind of like spreading the awareness on what we what we can do like and like for our bit to like help make change in the future
0: Amy?
2: to me sustainability means understanding the interconnectedness of everything and every- And living in awareness that everything you do affects something or someone. So doing the best you can, like in the moment for the planet and the people within it. So I think that's why World Environment Day is really important because it's a time to reflect on our own impact on the environment in our personal and professional lives. And to keep searching for opportunities to help, like help the planet, help the people with humility and courage. So this year's theme, I think, is Ecosystem Restoration. So it's a day to spread awareness about protecting the environment around the world and also doing it in a non sort of, we're going to die way, because I think that's not um, very encouraging. It's more like getting getting people involved in just spreading awareness instead of almost like, how do I say it? Almost like fear mongering people into doing better choices.
0: Thank you, James. Yeah, I think
3: it's the World Environment Day, but maybe something we haven't focused on massively as a company in the past. But like that's already been said, it's a chance for people to look at what's going on outside of their day to day lives. Um, because you can quite get caught up in it. And all you see is all the doom and gloom on telly. And and it is, it is rather doomish. Um, but that doesn't mean that there's not things people can do about it. And Sustainability is only makes up Environment Day makes up only a small part of sustainability because people forget that sustainability is about more than just environment. It's about people and economics as well. We can go around planting as many trees as we want, but we can't call ourselves sustainable if we're not helping the people and the communities in which they live. So I I think something like World Environment Day is a just chance for people to reflect on what they do and what they could do better even in the smallest ways, it it could just be when you have to replace your boiler, you go for a more uh, energy efficient one. It might seem really small, but if everybody did it, the the difference would be much bigger.
0: Yeah, I think that's all really important points you've all made there. I think sustainability is much like an onion. There's so many layers to it and addressing one thing won't, if you don't have the core foundation to all those factors, we're not going to really get there. And I think it's, As you say, we've all got thousands of things going on, all the doom and gloom we see. It's very hard to sort of understand that by not buying a plastic bottle, it's not going to end up in the sea, which is really important, you know, for underwater stuff, for carbon sequestration, all these sort of things. And maybe if you want to go on, you can do your marine bio speak about that, (laughs) but I think it's, it's kind of coming up in the questioning, but it's without optimism and empowered education, it's really hard to see how we can do things. So whilst... It's a constantly moving target and a 360-day thing. Um, Yeah, it's all very important. So kind of looping into that, what do you find is – do you find it easy to separate your job from your day-to-day life and how much of a distinction is there? Is there a distinction? Um, You all sort of said that you're passionate about it to begin with and all the people I know that work in sort of environmental, you know, even sort of charitable fields have that deep passion there. So it kind of does – you know there's you know that venn diagram isn't very clear cut so um just your thoughts on that and how you navigate that um you know particularly with uh, you know we all know those people that aren't as open to those conversations and how you sort of navigate that and you know your role versus being personal when they sort of mesh james do you want to start um sort of
3: jobs day-to-day i i mean not sustainability but certainly health and safety wise you see other people doing little jobs you You notice everything, like, oh, they've not got a gate on the top of their scaffold or something. But sustainability, like, we, well, we live and work in London, and you now look around at everything else and and question it a bit more. You might read in the newspaper that there's something like the tulip that might be built that's going to go back and forth between local governments and the mayor of London. It's not even a job we're working on and might not even ever exist, but you're thinking, oh, they could do this or oh, how are they going to help that area? How's it going to bring commerce to the area? Is that worth weighing up against the construction? So I don't think, I think because we work construction, we don't spend our out of work time on a building site. It's the smaller nuances of our job, like you're more aware of people and the, the, the questions, you ask more questions about everything else that's going on around you.
0: Thank you, Louise or Amy, sorry, you were going to go.
2: Oh yeah I was just gonna sort of agree with that obviously there's some blurry lines in the past year when you're working from home and you like physically sleep and work in the same room but um, there's all, there is an emotional separation like James said because you're not building your own house and having to monitor your waste or your co2 emissions but when you work in a co2 intensive industry like construction you do become hyper aware of how much you see the similarities of your own habits so for example the supply chain of your clothes you purchase, the packaging of the deliveries you order, how you travel, your water usage so monitoring all these things in our job actually pushes the reality of what you do in your personal life as well and like like you said sorry that I think a lot of people who get into sustainability have an underlying passion so it's natural to be reflected in their day-to-day life.
0: Agreed, Louise.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, basically, exactly what James and Imia have said,
2: and also like going on
1: for that, like even like transport. Like, before I'd be more for like using cars, and now I'm more like, oh yeah, I'll just get the train or like walk somewhere to like make it easier. But just like general things like that as well. Like, you don't think about it, but like in your day to day life, that's what you do kind of naturally. Yeah, same with clothes as well, kind of like looking at where you're purchasing, and like I stay away from due to just kind of the circumstances around and the, like the supply chain with that. And I think obviously being involved in sustainability, it's made you more aware of that. Um, so that's why I kind of like stay away from there. And obviously in terms of construction as well, like just walking around, like when you see construction sites, like not your own, just like looking at like the work that's going on, like what materials being used, you just instantly kind of like to think about it as you're walking around. So reading construction makes you kind of like, yeah, just looking at other construction sites as well, just naturally, just out of curiosity as you're going around.
0: Do you find that, to all of you, do you find that when you're having, you meet someone maybe outside of a work, work so a friend of a friend or a relative or something that's not active enough, do you find it's hard to have conversations um, or do you think it's the same? Is it harder because of what you do and your knowledge of your job or is it more just like anything, it's a communication thing and person to person? I'm just curious about your experience in that. Do you, find, do you speak out about it much, I guess? That's another question. Maybe you don't.
2: I think when I was a bit younger, I would definitely sort of get annoyed at people who weren't like understanding of my point of view. But now as I've got over, I've realized it's a privilege for me to be able to sort of live more sustainably and be able to not afford to shop in other fast fashion stores. See, buying and living sustainability is a challenge due to like rising costs and limited choice compared to like the cheaper options. So it's not possible for some and that's okay because sustainability is about the social issues and community and what ultimately prevents them from making these more sustainable choices. So yeah, whilst I was a few years ago angry, I'm now like more understanding when people aren't, don't hold the same values as maybe I do or people in sustainability do.
0: Thanks Amy. Louise anything to add?
1: Yeah just going on from what um, Amy said just kind of like you can't kind of be annoyed at other people as such now obviously because obviously everyone's views are different but I think it's just about kind of spreading like the sustainability issues and like more awareness and hoping people will make a change from you like helping to spread it as well. Obviously, if people are more educated about what's going on, they're more likely going to like want to make a difference. A key bit from that.
0: Anything to add, James?
3: No, not, not particularly. I mean, maybe it's a reflection my social life, but we don't not really talk too much about work. But if a news story was to come up, like I mean, I don't know. By the by, the end of this year, everyone's going to be talking about COP twenty six. that's going to be in Scotland, so it's going to be hard to avoid it in a conversation with friends and family. I think. Yeah. You have to remember that we do this every day, and we are acutely aware of the the things construction can do to change sustainability. But like Imi said, not everyone has got that privilege. Um, like event by, oh, I think it's by 2030 they want to ban the sale of diesel cars, and I don't know if it was diesel and petrol as well. And that's all well and good. Like companies like Tesla and like the Zoe and things like that that have come out, they're, okay, they're all electric, but they're really expensive. Um, and you you gotta be aware that to, to be sustainable at the moment is it, it can be really expensive. So when you're having those conversations, you just have to be aware that everyone's lives are very different. Um, and all you can really do is help people understand, not try and ever force them to change. So probably doesn't get as heated as people
0: might imagine. Thanks for sharing that. I think again, all very relevant points there, and there's definitely a disconnect from execution, that theory of it all, and um, sort of bridging the gap, which kind of naturally leads on to the next point is, I guess, is, do you think sustainability is misunderstood? Um, and I guess in the broadly and in within the construction industry and sort of what can we do to change that? And I know we've kind of danced around that a little bit, but if you can add any extra thoughts.
2: Yeah I guess it would be I mean even when I was younger I thought sustainability was all about like tree hugging and stuff and I think as previously mentioned sustainability isn't just about the environment it's also about the economy and the social side as well so it's making sure everyone realizes in construction you know we want like a profit as well we want the job job to be done we don't want any delays we just want it to like all do the best like we can and work together in like a collaborative approach to make the project as sustainable as possible but without having to like reduce any of the profits and and all of that as well.
0: James?
3: I, I think it's misunderstood but not in a, a way of because they just don't care. I, I think it's misunderstood because it affects so many different things like a lot of sustainability is a reflection of what local authorities or clients want at work. It's or our internal like build shop policies and to a lot of people, it looks like our job is just to ensure that we hit all of those benchmarks, we deliver BRIAM for the client and planning conditions we. Uh, we make sure we hit the build show metrics people look at it and they understand what we're doing and understand maybe why we're doing it, but. I think there needs to be a bigger connection between how it can benefit and maybe but we're obviously a business it's all but we've got to make money at the end of the day so maybe there needs we need to find a way to to link sustainability with the other departments if we really want it to go that next step how does sustainability affect profits how does it affect the quality of of work maybe, maybe it doesn't particularly maybe it ha- could have a really big effect so i think it's misunderstood by people not in terms of not caring and not understanding but in terms of that linkage between all of the different sections of our business.
0: Louise?
1: Um, yeah I think people do care it's just it's not taken as seriously particularly in construction like for example like with Briam, we have so many like credits we have to achieve and it's kind of like getting everybody on board to help contribute towards that and it's like it's the understanding and making people more aware and I think although like in construction the main kind of drive is profit people do need to encompass the other aspects as well which is sustainability so I think it's just kind of like getting everybody across like the, like the business involved in seeing the importance more and kind of like having like a better approach towards it like everyone involved.
0: So you've all Kind of go on to the next question, which is what's the sort of biggest barrier for the wider construction industry, you know, understanding the importance of sustainability. So you've kind of touched on it. Do you've got any further thoughts you want to add, Amy or James?
1: I think oh, yeah, awareness.
0: Okay. <laughs> <Louise>. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: I think it's awareness. I think it's just kind of getting all like the project teams, all kind of like subcontractors and those involved like with the project delivery. Kind of seeing the importance of sustainability like what we're doing why we're doing it and like seeing that it's not a burden type thing and that there's actually an importance towards it and I think once you kind of get everybody on board that's when you'll see kind of more change.
3: I I think for me it's economics and it's say you've got a big development like like huge development where somewhere a bit like Battersea if you're a client sitting there on day one, and you, or you're a, a local mayor or a politician, you've got to consider, OK, this it might not be the cheapest possible way to throw a couple of buildings up. But actually, long term, it brings so much more to an area and it brings so much more to the people that live and work there. Like you, somewhere like the Olympic Park, it's got loads and loads of green space. Some people, if we were to do that 40 years ago, they'd go, oh, well, that's a waste of space. We'll leave it. Stratford used to be factories uh, and place, things like that. I remember it before. But, but now we're going, okay, well, actually, all that green space will have a massive impact on people using Stratford-Westfield or the residents or the local community. There's much more that goes along with it. So maybe not always the cheapest option, but it does have its other benefits in economics.
0: Amy?
2: Yeah, pretty much the same. Just, I think, a barrier is not thinking about just like the short term and actually thinking about the long-term benefits and how it might be considered to some like a burden having to do all these like environmental legal legal compliances, but actually in the long run the benefits outweigh um the negatives. But I guess when you're actually on a project just for two years, maybe you don't think about that project or that what that building's going to be like in ten years. So it's having that holistic view of a building
0: let's keep moving on um what what advice would you give to someone who is looking to uh, have a career in sustainability or you know, the environment whether it's in construction could be you know a bit more broader Louise we go.
1: Uh, I'd say work experience is a really good thing that will help you get your foot in the door because you'll get to kind of see what you do on a day-to-day type basis in that role um, and also you can kind of see what sustainability aspects you like. So you could do different like sustainability work experience. You could like work for the government, you could do construction. Um, I know like some of my friends, they really love like the transport, like the sustainable transport side. So they got work experience in like transport, like planning roles. And then they could like carried on like pursuing that as their career. To so kind of like helping to, like, you to like find your passion through different like work experiences can really help you. Thank you, James.
3: I would say, make sure you enjoy it. I know this probably applies to literally every job in the world, but if, if you're going to be part of sustainability and, and maybe construction, you have to enjoy it, what goes along with it, because there will be times when it's really difficult and there's a diff, maybe a difficult message or a difficult something to, to, to tell people about. And you have to make sure that you are ready to learn and read a lot of stuff because construction is always changing as is sustainability and you have to be ready to, and wanting to absorb all that information because it is a lot, it is a lot and we have to know quite a lot about what everyone else is doing on site. So so, so get get into it, get that experience early like Louisa said uh, and be ready to learn.
0: Jimmy.
2: Yeah, I agree with what they both said and sort of approaching sustainability with a mindset of continuous learning and being able to have those experiences early on so that, you know, when you're ready, you can find your niche in whatever industry you can go go into because sustainability covers so much. Maybe it's construction or maybe it's sort of the fast fashion industry that you want to make more sustainable. But um, I was going to say also don't put pressure on yourself to get straight into sustainability as soon as, like, you possibly can, under 25, have your dream job, like, play around, have fun, like, this, like, finding your dream job before 30, you know, should be definitely, like, busted, and, yeah, having fun, and seeing what your niche is.
0: Thank you, so we're coming to, sort of, the the close-up of this, so a few, sort of, more quick-fire, easier questions, I guess, Um, two parts, what's the favorite part of your job and what is uh some career aspirations can be as specific or general as you'd like start with you james
3: uh best thing about the job is the flexibility because we work with so many different people the amount of people we get the opportunity to meet from university students to charities to uh, members of like local authorities and businesses it's just it's just so rewarding and and kind of fun to not be tied down all day um uh, a few future-wise, I like to. I've been quite into like the legal aspect of it. So, getting into a position where you can actually affect the change, which I know sounds a bit broad, but on a strategic level, see, stopping people doing certain things when it comes to town and county planning, or having that ability to kind of shape what you want everything to look like, um, so that it has a more, bigger benefit for everybody.
0: Thank you. Louise?
1: Um, I'd say the variety because each day is literally different, you'll never have like the same chart, there's always something new going on and also you're working with so many different people like what James said, whether it be like local schools, um, subcontractors, businesses, like everyone, there's always different people you can interact with and obviously you're learning from them as well and obviously you're you're helping them at the same time. Um, Future career aspirations. Um, I'd say being a graduate, probably that just like progression, that next step and like managing your own projects and not just kind of like, yeah, it's not just being a graduate and be attached to it, like manage things without having to keep like going to your manager for something. So yeah, just that next step forward. Um,
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Amy?
2: I think my favourite part, which the others sort of like mentioned as well, is sort of like the stakeholders and get involved with communities. I think this past year we haven't been able to do that as much due to COVID and not being allowed in schools but now as everything's starting to open back up it's actually been so enjoyable like in your day-to-day like work in life go into a school and delivering a presentation and hopefully like inspiring young women and boys actually into construction and again my same sort of like career aspirations is graduate or whatever it is from this graduate program um and then be able to manage my own site and really get into the Bream side of things because that's much more complex than I ever, like, thought. So I would love to have sort of a really broad knowledge on that.
0: Thank you for sharing that. So last question before we wrap up. Um, what, what advice do you have for anybody listening that wants to be a better sort of climate advocate? Um, whatever comes to your head. Uh, me.
2: <laughs> so I think... It's about the way you define sustainability in yourself and putting that definition into practice. So, starting with things you can control, so your level of awareness, your education, approaching sustainability with a continuous learning, um, sort of like mindset. And with the rise of social media, you know, this can be a great tool to utilize and highlight these topics. So, definitely being able to use those. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, for instance, I'm like vegetarian, but that was only possible for me becoming aware, educating myself and slowly changing my habits to suit my personal values around that issue. So I think recognizing that awareness, your privilege of what you can do and being okay with only being able to do the best you can in the moment.
0: Thanks, Amin. Great answer. James.
3: Yeah, James I think it's that <laughs> it's it's that self education, isn't it? The, there's, there's always going to be lots you don't know, so I think if you want to be a better advocate, it's to ask questions. It's not about telling everyone else what they're doing wrong, but it's to ask questions of yourself and, and of society generally. Are you doing what you can to adhere to your own values, like Amy said? But why is that the done thing? Why is why is that being built a certain way? Why is that pipeline being built there? What? Why are we spending money on a new aircraft carrier when there are people that don't have school lunches like ch- challenge what is currently being done and, and be ready to fight it if it's what you think is the right thing.
0: Louise you ready?
1: <laughs> um, I think we do like more kind of reading and kind of like understanding issues that are like ongoing at the moment and seeing that like, the impact that's having but also seeing like where you can make a difference if you can anywhere um so that's kind
0: of the main bits towards it, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I think that wraps it up here. Um, very appreciative of all you've been so candid and open and honest about all of this. And yeah, there's definitely an opportunity to speak a little bit more on some other topics if you'd like. So just want to say thank you. Do you have any parting words you'd like to say before we sign off?
2: Well, happy World Environmental Day, everyone. Yep.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. A big thank you to Imi, Louise and James for being our first guests back as we relaunch this series. Please reach out to us on at Macalpine on Twitter or Instagram. So Robert Macalpine on LinkedIn with any feedback or if you have any guest suggestions. We'd love if you could share this podcast with your networks. Thank you. And we look forward to sharing more episodes with you soon.